Hello, welcome to Crystal Myth Podcast with me, Leslie, and live in person. It's me, it's, it's Mark. Mark. I'm in the house. In my house. <laughs> in the Crystal Myth house. Yeah, this is the Crystal Myth house, and we finally got together for like what the third time. Yeah. But without Yasmin this time. I think the other two times Yasmin was Yeah, I'm sure Yasmin was here for the other two. Yeah, Yasmin's gone into the um, accessment. Is that the accessment day? Yes. Yeah, she's gone there. Um, we don't know when she'll be back. She's off on an adventure. Anyway, we're talking today about telekinesis or psychokinesis, which is a scientific term, or what is it called? PK? I PK? mean, I had never heard of PK. I don't know I'm looking at the mic like it's well, a person. Hello, little fairy. Thank you for the microphone. It's <laughs> another person if you want. That's, that's our Hi. new friend. Um, pat it on the head. Yeah, I'd never heard of the term PK until PK. I started looking at this well, and it was PK that was coming up. Maybe made me think of Ghostbusters. Didn't um, Egon have something called a PK or is that a different uh, No, I instrument? think you're right. But did it measure, it didn't measure telekinesis, did it? No, is that what or he used to measure where ghosts were? Possibly, it's like an e-meter. No, an e-meter is a Scientology. <laughs> Maybe they're also measuring ghosts. EMS. They kind of are measuring ghosts. Is that not the whole thing in Scientology? No. Oh yeah, they are the because there's ghosts, ghosts inside got you. in a volcano and now they're stuck inside us. So I'm actually, they are, they are I get them ghosts. out of you. <laughs> Pull the ghosts outside of you. Just take a massive shit. All the ghosts are gone. Well, I don't know. That's what Tom that. Cruise told me. <laughs> Well, that's what he told you before he got his <laughs> special <laughs> instrument out to uh, deepen your personal PK meter. Personal PK meter, so to speak. Yeah, he says you have to empty your bills before I am trying. I have to enter you to get all these feetings out of you. Oh, he's going to sue, sue me now. Oh, as if he listens to this anyway. I'm sure he does. But he does. Any, yeah. <laughs> Do you think he listens to every single podcast there is, just in case someone mentions him? No, I think he just listens to... I think this is the only <laughs> podcast. And maybe Leah Remini's podcast. Oh, yeah. He probably wanks off to that. Yeah, he is obsessed with it. Oh, he's sad. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, let's just talk about Tom Cruise all night. Yeah, let's not. Um, okay, so what have we got? Uh-huh. Tele- what is telekinesis? It's a Greek word. Well, like television. Tele in Greek is from afar, I think. Oh, um, so, like, television means visions from afar, I guess, because you're watching images that have been projected from far away. So, telekinesis Television. is. Television. Telekinesis is. From afar? Yes. Okay. And so on and so on. <laughs> like, <laughs> being able to move things from afar. Teletubbies. Teletubbies is from afar. <laughs> <laughs> No, Teletubbies are because they've got TVs in their big fat bellies, Mark. No. I hate the Teletubbies. I remember the first time I watched them. Um, yeah, it was really annoying because uh, you know how they play those videos on their, te- on, on their bellies? Yes. And then they go, again, again. And, they, and they... they play it again. And it was like a video about kids just saying the word green, green, green over and over. And I just like wanted to kill myself. <laughs> I don't know if we were the target audience when it came out, though. Well, I mean, I was, what, 12? (laughs) Again, I don't think we were the target audience when it came out. Famously, one of the the top-rated soaps in Britain, Teletubbies. What's your definition? Have you got, or did you write down anything about telekinesis or uh, whatever? I wrote down who invented the term telekinesis. 
who I thought the Greeks did. <laughs> no, so or sorry, who like coined the term as a description of people oh, that have right, the ability right, to do right, it. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. a Russian yeah, yeah, guy called Alexander Akshakov. Did you say Alexander Parade? Because that's a place in the East End. Uh, no, but he was not Alexander Parade. <laughs> Alexander Aksakov uh, coined the term in the 1850s. Oh. Telekinesis. And how did he discover it? Did he have the ability or was it just... So he was well known. Cyclical I've written here, which I don't think is a word, but I've written it. I think he it was is a well- word. Okay, well then, there we go. <laughs> he was a well known cyclical researcher. Uh, uh-huh. at the time shortly before he coined the term <laughs> and he your was, notes are so small Why they are they're tiny I should really turn that? it the other way I can't read yeah. it and something else happened but we can just waffle just now while it works okay. there we go rotate screen actual size there we right. go actual size notes uh, so he was the organiser of the first ever seances in Russia right and <laughs> Mm, okay. He studied several mediums. He was most well known for studying the British medium Elizabeth Hope, who was better known as Madame d'Esperance. And Madame oh, d'Esperance claimed yes. to be able to move things with her with her mind, but technically with... I'd, I'd read about her. So, like ectoplasmic goo that she could put out of yeah, her body that nobody that, could see though. the goo. and Or moving tables and she stuff. She was basically using it like spider webs and yeah. Yeah, pulling stuff about. So he started studying her, and while he was studying her, he came up with this term and branded her a telekinetic based on what you've already explained that the word meant, and then it's just kind of been in use ever since. Yeah, I think I've seen that in this this article I've got here. And do 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 Askakov. Yeah, de Espe- Did you say de Esperanza? Uh, I said something that sounded a wee bit like that, but I'm sure you're saying the right name. Yeah, that's it. Um. Again, actual name Elizabeth Hope, but Madame Wait, her name is Elizabeth. Oh yeah, yeah, it does say it says born Elizabeth Hope, who he believed was a legitimate medium, and she travelled throughout Europe conducting seances, claiming she had a host of telekinetic powers, including automatic writing, which is where you just close your eyes, put a pen in your hand, and just start scribbling shit until. Like, so apparently it's the spirits that are coming through you using your hand as an instrument to write their thoughts. Which is automatic, right? Have you ever tried it? No. Should we do it now? No, because I, <laughs> I don't believe. That's the thing, Mark. I don't think I'm capable of doing it. And wouldn't you just be subconsciously thinking, right, I'm just going to write a lot, a lot of shit, but is it not just you writing rather than the so-called spirit? Also, if it is Call me sceptical. Like, if it is real, is that telekinesis? Is that not telepathy? Because mm. you're reading the thoughts of the dead. That's telepathy or something in your mind's eye is another sort of term. Like, your mind's eye is your vision, what you see in your mind's eye. It's different from what you see outside. It's not like you're seeing like, in te- like television, a screen in front of you with things playing out. You see it play inside your head. But is that tele- telepath? Telepathic. I guess like, if you're, telepathic like, something is something somebody else has seen then. But it's also the ability to manipulate well you're an X Men expert. Well, like Professor Xavier and Jean Grey, they're telepaths. telepaths and, they can... and they can not only read people's minds, but they can manipulate people's thoughts and they can push people to do things and yes. they can make people actually go insane. 
So or in pain or what? Telepathy is any form of mind reading or mind control. Mind control. Telekinesis yeah. is any form of like using your mind to act on an object. Telekinesis is only really the ability to move things. So like if I was to just go, like because we've both got tea here, and I was to like just stare at your cup and make it tip over without touching it. (laughs) Spilling your tea. But I seen a video of a woman. um, I don't know if I've got it here. The listeners can't see it, but it was a Russian woman. I was going to say was it the Russian tank driver lady? Was she a tank driver? I never read. I didn't read that. I'm sure she was a. I took notes on her somewhere as well. I'm um, sure that she was a. I think it may have been on this one. Yeah, it was on this program called. Um, I don't know the paranormal. TV. Nina Kulagina. Yes. Which yeah. is a great name. Nina yeah. Kulagina sounds like you should Nina be. Nina Kulagina. Um, really funky drag queen. But what she was doing is she, there was video footage of her moving like matchboxes about and you could see her, but she was actually putting her hands near it. So it was almost as if like they explained that there could be an electromagnetic field that was creating a force that was making these things move. But then they also did an experiment with Frog, the poor bastard, because the KGB wanted to see, obviously, if they could exploit it for military. In fact, the Americans did it as well with the men who stayed at goats. They wanted to use psychic powers they for modern warfare. The they, yeah, well, it's the Russians, <laughs> isn't it? The Russians keep them to themselves. But she, um, they wanted to see if she could stop a heart. And she apparently did like have the ability to slow down or speed up a frog's heart at will. And she stopped the frog's heart and killed it. But then it ended with, so let's see if she can do it on humans. But I never got to find out if she could do it on a human. But she was on the, and I'm making my notes bigger again because I put down Uh that she was on somebody's watch list and I can't remember whose it was. Uh, She was put on the US Defence Intelligence watch list. Yeah, in case she started Because they also believed that she definitely could do that. It's like the film Scanners. Yeah, that's how she rose to prominence. So she joined the Russian army when she was 14 um, and she was in their tank division. But she became known amongst the other people in the tank division for being able to do telekinetic feats, which is when the Russian government then got even more interested in her than her just being a a plain old-fashioned 14-year-old Russian (laughs) tank driver. (laughs) A plain old-fashioned telekinetic 14-year-old Russian tank driver called Nina Kalina. But one person can't really... Like, what else did they expect her to do? Just, like, kill people from afar, explode their brains... Or let off bombs remotely or something. I mean, you can do that nowadays with drones. I know, but you couldn't do it back then. Well, yeah, I suppose. It would have been particularly exciting. You you also looked at another celebrity, I believe, by the name of Jesus. (laughs) You were telling me. Well, yeah, apparently Jesus is considered a telekinesis because of all the things. Also, like, psycho... Sorry, what is it? Psychokineticism is like pe- the ability to manipulate water. So there was a guy who did an experiment, a Japanese scientist who did an experiment. He thought that you could, depending on negative or positive thoughts, you could manipulate water molecules. So what he did was, <laughs> this sounds mad, but he had people, like he put loads of water in some ice cubes, like to make ice cubes. Mm-hmm. But before he put it in the freezer, he had people shout negative shit. <laughs> like, 
I already like, have not some... read about this and knew that's what you were going to say somehow. <laughs> he had brilliant. people like praise the water and say how lovely it was and say really nice things. And then had other cunt. people be absolutely just call the water a cunt. And then he put it in the freezer and he said that <laughs> the ones that were having like nice things said to them came out with beautiful crystallised patterns in the ice. And obviously the ones that were negative came out ugly and horrible. Came out sad. Sad, yeah, sad faces. Sad ice. Sad ice. <laughs> Can I have a cocktail, please? But make sure there's sad ice in it, please. <laughs> None of that happy shit. I suppose it would depend on your mood, whether you wanted sad so ice or happy ice that as, Yeah, well, maybe a mixture of both. I like mm-hmm. mixed emotions. A melancholic <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> yeah. So he took that as proof that you can, the mind can manipulate matter based on emotion, which I suppose you've, I mean, if you've got like, you get people like emotion, what is it? Emotional Emotional vampires vampires or energy vampires. Is that a type of telekinesis because you're sucking the energy from someone with your mind and you're feeding off of that? I don't know. Go back and listen to our vampire episodes. Did we talk about psychic vampires? We did talk about psychic vampires. Everyone knows one. They do. They're very widespread. They're a lot more common than uh, other vampires, which is sad. I don't know. I'm quite warm into the um, energy vampires after watching Colin Robinson. <laughs> no, I don't want an energy vampire to feed on me. I do want an actual vampire to feed on me. Yeah, we've said this previously before. <laughs> I feel like we're just doing this podcast to broadcast to vampires now, aren't yeah, like, we? We're just come like, please come guess. <laughs> Who cares about the rest of the topics? This is just all a pretense so we can gain immortality. It is upsetting that we've not been bitten by vampires yet. Well, yeah, I was thinking we'll be out there for years. I know, I was thinking every day, oh my God, I'm going to be 40 next year and I'm still not a vampire. <laughs> I'm only slightly laughing because I was also thinking the other, oh, exactly the same thing. Somebody, um... The, I'm getting too old. Um, went to... St. Bride's when we were at school I posted mm-hmm. something on Facebook about them being 40 and that was my exact thought was I was like we'll be fucking 40 soon as well and I'm yeah, not exactly, a vampire yet. exactly I mean we're going to be too old <laughs> to look good yeah we'll be shit vampires <sighs> be we'll still be cool vampires but yeah well I don't know I don't think like I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, cool could yeah, no, but I wouldn't want to be an 80 year old immortal house depressing would that be yeah. it's not like it instantly turns you young because it wouldn't it would just You'd just be frozen at that age forever. Like with we are native. running out of time. We're still we running just now. But <laughs> we could maybe another 10 years. I was going to say give it another 10 years and that might be, and that's that might it, be us. That's it, yeah. Unless there's some sort of technology that we can like reverse the aging process. <laughs> <laughs> I would take maybe. it. Maybe. Well, maybe. Anyway, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, yeah. So he turned water into wine. So that's a type of water manipulation. He also walked on the water. Also in the Bible... Moses parting the Red Sea. Some people said, how the fuck did he do that? Was he telekinetic? Did he use his mind to part the sea? He Someone it said exactly it was the same it could way the be Dark the Phoenix wind. does. What does Dark Phoenix do? She just when she parts water, she parts it in the same way. Now some may argue that the Dark Phoenix was a later <laughs> fictional character than Moses, but very you similar powers. She could have just been Moses in disguise or, or, or Moses could have been Dark Phoenix in disguise. And she was wearing a false beard and pretending she was... Technically, Dark Phoenix is a separate comic character from Jean Grey, so Dark Phoenix could have inhabited the body of Moses. Maybe it's like a really old Marvel comic and people just haven't picked up in that yet. You've heard it here first, guys. The Bible is just a Marvel comic. The first Marvel Marvel comic. comic, yeah, with superheroes and stuff and shit. 
Yeah, and like, well, yeah. I mean, I was just saying the other day, like, well, no, did we not say in our was it in our podcast or was it just me asking you that question about how Adam and Eve had? Wait, did did they have three sons? I thought they only had two. I can't remember if we had this conversation or we recorded it on here either. No, I think we did. But see, this is this is why we need uh, after their two initial sons, they had had other sons, but then the other sons had children with their own children, mysterious. Mysterious, yeah. mysterious with the mysterious girl from Empire Andre's music video <laughs> right okay back to Jesus and being telekinetic so he he trans well Sam he transformed things like from like he made what was it loaves and fishes out of nothing or more of them is that a telekinetic thing or is that just magic no what else was that I'm, I'm sure there's more information it, well, what else in the Bible? I feel does like it all say? this water stuff. You're right. That makes sense. I feel like making mm-hmm. loaves and fishes that isn't telekinetic, is it? That's no, I don't know what that really. is. Being a witch, no. Um, no. He put people's like broken bodies back together. Like how was he moving people's bones and stuff about? Actually, yeah, that's true. Telekinesis. I see. There is no that's. <laughs> we now know from this conversation that was telekinesis. Hmm. Right, I think it's on this one that starts off he was time. Sorry, I don't know why I gasped there. He was fully bodily assimilated into the sky, which means that even though he wasn't dead, he rose up into the sky until he vanished. So technically, he carried his own body into the air. That's, <laughs> surely that's telekinetic. Maybe. Who were the... Right, the original telekinetics, right? This is where I'm getting this from. So historical, religious, mythological and fictional characters have been moving things with their mind for millennia, Mark. It's a very long time. Yeah. So there's someone called Shakuni and he is a key character in the Sanskrit epic Mahabharata. Telekinetically, he manipulates the dice in a crucial game to alter the outcome in his favour, the cheating bastard. But there is another experiment later on in real life where someone did try and like see if he could manipulate dice, which I don't know. I feel like that could could work. I think as well if the women we were talking about with the funky name. Yeah. Nina Benina. Nina Benina. If she could move them if she had like to have her hands quite near them and she was yeah. pushing the force out from there, like, then I suppose it, dice would be easy because you're throwing them from your hands. Yeah. Would be easy if you're telekinetic, not just generally. Would be, <laughs> they'd be the easiest <laughs> thing for any of us to move with their minds. Yeah, well, he up. he did this. He did it to alter the outcomers' favour and kicked off the main plot of one of the two major Sanskrit epics in ancient India, as well as the Hindu age of Kali Yuga. But. He is perhaps the first telekinetic and Shakuni, he reshaped history with his mind back in 400 BC. And then what they say in this article is that the most famous telekinetic of them all is our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Our personal Lord and Saviour. Yeah. Um, So what was he doing in the Bible if not using telekinesis to example, which we said before, turn water into wine, heal the sick? I suppose that is sort of psychic telekinesis thing. If he's healing the sick, maybe he can manipulate wounds to close up. Yeah, so like why he's removing he viruses his own from wounds? people's bodies, he's closing people's wounds over, he's yeah. like realigning people's bones inside their body. That seems very no telekinetic. No wonder the Romans had to crucify this fucking freak. And he did seal his own wounds up and then come back out the tomb oh, yeah, and then he went did. fine and then carried himself off into the sky. So are you saying he's just attention seeking then? Because he just went through all the crucifixion. <laughs> he's a tension whore. <laughs> So look at me, I'm suffering for you, but I could just kill, 
cure myself of this, but I'm just going to say Mary Magdalene, who famously <laughs> had the ability to shoot fire out of her eyes, was like, Jesus, we both have superpowers. Stop yeah. getting everyone to stare at God you. God's sake, Jesus. And You're taking us a bit fuck far. fuck you and flew off into the sky. <laughs> fuck you, bitch. He also... <laughs> he changed a little bit of food into a lot. It's probably a good time to mention that telekinesis, latest known as psychokinesis or PK for the cool kids, is an umbrella term for a slew of special abilities that include biological healing and the transmutation of matter, two abilities Jesus displayed in the above examples. Also bundled under the umbrella term psychokinesis PK is supernatural healing, which sounds a lot like Jesus was doing when he brought Lazarus back from the dead. (laughs) <laughs> that's made me laugh as well long before there was Gandalf there was the telekinetic wizard Merlin they're talking as like Gandalf was real and Merlin was a real guy I mean, possibly Merlin might be so the phoenix force is a yeah, real that's true. Like was space Moses. lady but, <laughs> but you're right also two fictional characters yeah so um, he's Merlin from the legend of King Arthur when I think of Merlin I think of the Disney film Merlin because he was a bit cheeky wasn't he is this written by an American though because I, I think quite no a lot idea. of Americans think like the legends of King Arthur and Game of Thrones are like historical <laughs> English texts yeah. <laughs> According to Arthurian legend of the 12th century, Merlin's telekinetic powers were so abundant. Right, this is the bit that I laughed at. He sailed through the ocean in a glass house, like in a greenhouse or something. Cool. With his mind. Why didn't he just ho- Why a glass house? So yeah, why did he? Why didn't he just, just hover himself? Maybe he had stuff he wanted to bring with him. And <laughs> it was like a lot of telekinetic energy to be like, I have to bring like my book, my hat. My yeah, frying pan. I'll just put them all in the greenhouse, turn the green side up, upside down. <laughs> and just this, carry that. This I feel is a really cheeky and um, shitty thing to do. Uh, he really he uses telekinetic powers on um, thick transported. All oh, right, no, he he put them on thick on thick. I really I thought you were going to say he used them on thick trans women. <laughs> um, no, he transported Stonehenge across the Irish Sea from Ireland to England. So he stole, he stole their stuff and then put it. Why? Why do that? What a bastard. I'd imagine he was doing that, pure waving at the Irish as he did it. <laughs> what are you going to do? I've just moved your nice monolithic structure over to England. What are you going to do about it? You can't get it back. As a dick move. <laughs> I flew over there in his fucking glass house while he did it. <laughs> yeah, so Stop those him. are apparently, yeah, um, some original telekinetics. I don't know why there's a do picture know... of a medieval guy here, but okay. What the Bible says about telekinetics? Yeah, please do. Which I feel is uh, some. The authority on telekinesis. Of a, the, at least the authority on, as you said, X Men in the Bible. So. <laughs> Not maybe the authority, an authority. An authority. <laughs> Uh, so in Matthew 17, Jesus claims that he can move a mountain from here to there. He doesn't, but he says that he can. So that Wait, ties in with from what you were here saying. to there? Where exactly is he from here to there? There's no of where the here and there are. I mean, it could be like a really tiny mountain. doesn't specify, specify the size. Even if it's a hill and he's talking about a quarter of an inch, that's it's, still see, again, quite that, impressive. That seems to me that Jesus is just a big show-off. Again, I'm now, I don't know why I'm imagining him as like a really free American guy, but yeah. <laughs> now, like Matthew's like, no, you can't, Jesus. And he's like, I can, Matthew. I'm not going to because I'm not a fucking performing <laughs> monkey, but I could do it if I wanted, you whore. Like, Jesus, stop talking <laughs> shit. Either do it or don't. <laughs> I can do it from here to there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Uh, also in Acts, it tells how Simon had the magical ability to move objects. Simon says? Is that Sa- where Simon that, that, where Simon that, that came from? Simon says floating there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that just made me think Jean Grey again there. Simon says floating there. And everyone's oh no. torn into their molecular structure. Yeah, whether because, they like uh, it or not. He mm-hmm. hates them. Yeah. Famous bit of the Bible when Simon tears everyone limb from limb. <laughs> uh, however, in Deuteronomy, it states that anyone with such abilities is, to quote, an abomination. Well, then Jesus is an abomination. Which is interesting because I'm like, but you're specifically saying that people that have the abilities of Jesus yeah. and one of the saints is an abomination. And in Leviticus, it says that anyone who has such abilities should be put to death with stones. It's always stones, isn't it? Stones. <laughs> it's always stones. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't that prove your telekinetic, like your PK powers? Because, all right, then, fine, stone me to death. I'll just levitate the stones away. Sling them back. Yeah, sling them back with your powers. So if you can't do that, then I suppose you deserve to be stoned to death like for the being a liar. Trials, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, double check. No, it turns out they weren't. They were telling, yeah, we've proved it by stoning them to death because they couldn't, like, levitate the stones like a fucking Jedi Knight. So, basically... The Force is, like, a telekinesis, a PK thing, then. The yeah. Force. Because they lift things, like, Luke, well, Yoda's, like, come on, lift the spaceship with your hands. That was an excellent Yoda impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> it was just almost as good as my Jesus. <laughs> come on, Luke, I'm fucking bored. Just lift the spaceship. <laughs> The Scottish, v, the Scottish version of uh, Star Wars there. <laughs> yeah, and then there's Moses, like I mentioned, like part in the Red Sea. What other instances in the Bible of telekinesis? There's quite a lot of supernatural shit in the Bible, isn't there? There is, which again is confusing because if the Bible says that anyone performing supernatural yeah. acts should be, should be an abomination. An abomination that should be there's had quite to death a with stones. lot going on there. Hmm. It's difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I don't think you should be... <laughs> It's one of those difficult, like, mm. like if they mean everyone except someone who's been given the powers by God, but who decides who's been, because just anyone could clearly. But to be honest, you know, God. if the Bible didn't have all those supernatural elements, it'd be a pretty boring book. True, it would be shit. It would be. Like you could have the Phoenix Force, What's... and the Christians could be coming to burn you down. Uh huh. And then you could be like, <laughs> I'm imagining with your eyes glowing purple and like things floating behind you, being like, but Christ gave me this. <laughs> They all have to be like, okay. Okay, yeah. That's <laughs> I didn't realise Christ gave it to you. Like, no bother if Christ gives it to you, you're allowed to use it. I see you've torn 75 old people apart and are slowly drawing their blood into your body to give you energy. But if Christ told you to do it. Christ gave me these powers, so yeah. Right. Well, Jesus is lying next to you having a fag, being like, yeah, I think she is a spectacular <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you want some uh, non-biblical? Yes, historical, uh, yeah, telekinetics, at the science um, of it. <laughs> I looked at Angelique. Good first name. Angelique Cotton. is a woman who goes around um, Los Angeles putting billboards up of herself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's so she's a vampire because <laughs> in 1846. Wow. Uh, she was in France. And what did she do? She, which actually ties in with what we were saying about the other women and what they thought they were doing with their hands, she was claimed by her family, and later she agreed with it, that she could produce electrical emanations well, I bet she could. from her hands, and it was agreed with by witnesses, obviously there sadly is no film of it because it was 1846, but many witnesses agreed that the beautiful Angelique uh, did have the power to move objects across the room 
simply by raising her hands and pointing at them, including large pieces of furniture. Well, that's handy if you want to move house. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Isn't it? I wish I was telekinetic in my family. I mean, yeah, I mean, if I had the force, that's what I would just use it for, for moving heavy stuff about. I'm trying to 1846. That's, is that a burning people year? That's not no, a burning people year. No, no, no. Probably. Good year they might stuff. put her in a like a psychiatric like madhouse though, because they put people in for reading novels and she masturbation and stuff. She can push entire tables across the room <laughs> just by looking at them. Like she will snap your neck. There was also Stanislaw. I thought you were going to talk about Stannis from like Game of Thrones, Lord Stannis. Again, I'm yeah. American now, yeah, so I think yeah, it's a true. historical text. Yeah. It's Stanislaw Thomas Ziek is a woman, which is not the important thing about mm, her story, but okay. I'm like, seems a very masculine name to me. I it was a masculine name. she Russian? Uh, she's Polish. Okay, sorry for confusing Polish people with Russian people. She but, was yeah. born in the early 20th century in Poland. Similarly, family members and neighbours said that she was known to be able to move objects simply by raising her hands and pointing them at them. She was also able to levitate objects so that she could lift them off the ground and put them through upstairs windows and on top of high objects. So that's <laughs> cool. to be a bitch. <laughs> do you want like that? That's your brain went. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, you were rude to me in school and now where's your little dog? All the way up in the tree, cunts. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking more like, well, you want that packet of crisps? Well, it's too high to reach. Maybe you shouldn't have called me boy naming skill. Also, your baby <laughs> fucked in the river. Bye. We're so evil. Not as evil as uh, Stanislaw no, Thomas. Thomas <laughs> Throwing fucking babies about the place and dogs and trees and crisps. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, good question. So I'll make a big long noise and go. Yuri Geller, but I don't believe he's got powers or anything. No, he's a bullshit artist. Quite a lot. I didn't bother looking into the no, I saw lots of point. videos about how you can actually easily bend spoons exactly the same way he no, does yourself. He was do- he was like he's actually touching the spoons. So if- yeah, no, touch. <laughs> he touched my spoon. <laughs> Well, all the spoons all the cutlery taking them to court because he sexually assaulted them um, no because like, <laughs> telly PK is like you, you, you'd you have to do it without physically touching it so he's like actually like bending it with his thumb because he's like rubbing the spoon going bend 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 he's not like he's physically touching it so he's obviously like pushing the spoon yeah, putting a dog yeah. in a tree across the road is quite is, different yeah. from rubbing a spoon until it's bendy <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I looked at a guy called Hacken Forwald as well. Did you come <laughs> across name. him in your studies? No. Your studies. Hacking for this academic paper we're writing. He's not telekinetic, but he was a Swedish uh, physicist and electrical engineer. Mm-hmm. And his studies led him to promote the idea that a person actually could, scientifically speaking, manipulate, I should say very specifically, his studies into Angelique, Stanislaw, Thomas Yick and other historical cases. So he believed that you could actually manipulate gravitational fields by mentally agitating the atoms and yes. neurons inside of an object. That's something I ran into because technically it's like, well, that's what PK is. It's manipulating matter. It's sort of like... Schrodinger's cat like is it there like or when you like quantum mechanics like melts my brain it's basically it's like it's there and it's both there and not there so if you observe it 
it's there. Or is it the other way around? It's if you observe it, it do- no longer exists. But if you're not looking at it, it's there. Do you get that? No. <laughs> so by purely by observing it, you've manipulated that in some way. So surely it's if you observe it, it's definitely there. But if you're not observing it, it might not exist. So by observing no. it, you're acting. No, so if you are observing it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand quantum <laughs> physics either. I mean, I've asked my boyfriend about this so many times and he seems to know what they're talking about. But then I'm just like, well, what the hell? Well, maybe I have got it. No, but it, it's it's difficult because that's why dark matter is so difficult to prove or to, to, to find. They know it's there. But if you observe something... <laughs> It's no longer what it is. So is it the stuff that's coming out your hands that because you're observing it, it you can't changed. see it, but if nobody was looking at it, it, it would be there? It would be there, yeah. And because I you're observing well, it, you're manifesting it. And, no, but it's like, if you're seeing it, if you're seeing this thing, then it changes. But when you're not looking at it, it's the thing that you're trying to look for, but it, it's like so small. I don't know. It's it's just, like it's, like, it's so mad. Because they can do it and they think they're building up electrical force in their hands. They're not, but because that's what they think is happening. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've confused myself. I blame Hakan Forwald. Quantum physics. Uh, we're not smart enough for this. Oh, hold on. I've got another thing that he said here that might link to what you said. Right. He said, um, right, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's like try to observe an atom or something observer effect so when you look at something you send out a series of impulses no that's not true when you're not you're right when you're not looking at something and you're thinking of it your brain sends out a series of impulses which slightly move the particles round about your head but we can't notice this (laughs) this is accompanied by the movement of neurotransmitters in your head which slightly move like your brain not outside of your head but we don't notice this as every bit of matter is gravitationally affected by every other bit of matter that exists, if you were able to focus enough generated effect of matter from your body outwardly, then you could, in theory, and I enjoy this quote, mm-hmm. roll an orange across the table. Wow. <laughs> Specifically. Well, with your minds. Yes. But you would have to work out how to harness the power of the movement of the things that you imagine when you're not actually looking at them. Well, I don't know, for all you scientists out there, um, I'll read this, I don't know if I understand it. It says an electron, right, is detected upon interaction with a photon, whatever. (laughs) This interaction will inevitably alter the velocity and momentum of that electron. It's possible for other less direct means of measurement to affect the electron. It's also necessary to distinguish clearly between the measured value of a quantity and the value resulting from the measurement process. In particular, I don't understand any of this. What does it mean? Like <clears throat> in physics, the observer effect is a disturbance of an observed system by the act of observation. <coughs> God, this is often Someone's the result. Someone's telekinetically of... strangling you. <laughs> it's Darth Vader. <laughs> because I'm talking about physics and stuff, it's an abomination. It's we should blasphemous. only talk about Jesus. Yeah, when Jesus is offending. <laughs> He did give you your power after all. It was a common example is checking the pressure in an automobile tyre, which causes some of the air to escape, thereby changing the pressure to observe it. What? Similarly, seeing non-luminous objects requires light hitting the object to cause it to reflect that light. While the effects of observation are often negligible, the object still experiences a change, leading to the Schrodinger's cat thought experiment. This effect can be found in many domains of physics, but can usually be... I still don't understand this. Right, I think I get it. So okay. your head's like the tyre, right? Right. So 
your head's full of neurons and electrons or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you're actually observing something, right, so I'm observing the orange on the table, that's doing nothing because right. I'm actually observing it. If I close my eyes right. and I think about observing you dancing, mm-hmm. but you're not really there and you're not really dancing, that'll move some of the electrons outside of my head because I'm forming a thought in my head. So that's like the air coming out the tyre. Right. And if I could think enough to push <laughs> those electrons down my body yeah. and out my hands instead of them just slightly being released from my head, it would be like all the air coming out the tyre and I could hit the orange and roll it across oh the table. Oh my God. So we could move things with our minds if we could, theoretically, but Just by thinking about Schrodinger's cat. But Schrodinger's cat is like, basically the cat is both dead and alive inside the box because when you observe the box or if you look in the box, you'll see a dead cat. But if you're not looking in the box, it could theoretically still be alive, but it also could be dead, but you don't know until you observe it. So the thing isn't concrete. Oh, maybe that's it. So... When you're not observing it, it's unstable. The molecules are all over the place. But when you actually observe it, it solidifies it and changes it. And that's kind of magic. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? This, is, this has turned into like a physics. Oh, no, wait, I'm observing the cup. <laughs> I have to not think about the cup. What the cup I doesn't mean? exist because you're not observing it. I'm too busy thinking about bees on a swing bees on a swing bees on a swing is it moving bees. no bees. Oh, not even a little bit it moved in my mind's eye though I just count. Oh, fuck. <laughs> have you ever thought you were maybe slightly telepathic not telekinesis have you ever moved you ever think you've moved something with your mind no i no? don't think i've ever moved anything with my mind i think i might have but uh, probably not I think that I have the ability, right, this might sound mental, right, but there's a type of telepathy where, maybe this is crazy, but I can sit here and think of a movie that I haven't seen for a while, and then the next day it'll be on television. No, I get that. Like, Don't Look Now, that film with Kiefer Sutherland. I was thinking about that. Not specifically with that film. Not Kiefer Sutherland, his dad, Donald. Um, I was thinking about that film. And it, it was on the telly, like, just the other night. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on there? Sometimes I'll think of a film and then yeah. it'll be on TV, like, an hour or so later. Or mm-hmm. I'll think of a song and then it'll come on the it'll radio. come on the radio or, or you think of someone... I think someone's going to tell me something and then they do. Yeah. So... Like I told you, this was a very long time uh-huh. ago, to be fair, because my niece's... My niece? Yes. But yes, my cousin's niece. daughter, who is my niece... <laughs> Um, as an adult woman now okay. I definitely drew this when we were younger that when my cousin came to tell me that she was pregnant mm-hmm. I woke up that morning and genuinely was like my cousin's going to come and tell me she's pregnant today and then she came to the house to tell us all she was pregnant now was that because you sort of heard her thoughts from a, like is that like a te- is that a telepath thing or is that a psychic thing I think I sort of heard her thoughts yeah. other people that I've said this to have told me that it was just because she would obviously have been acting slightly differently but I was no, like but she wasn't really because she's not like a drinker or anything mm-hmm. and I've never seen her like shovel raw fish and cream cheese into her mouth so there weren't any massive changes in what she was doing I someone just... theorised it it's, and you might disagree with this Mark but someone theorised that women are more telepathic because they have more of an intuition than men I don't know where he gets that from because I don't know if I believe in women's intuition I think though women and that's why you like, get like Carrie and queer people who are not those queer people that are like I'm a man actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> just you do have more empathy because because you just act in society as someone that has more empathy, so it would make sense right, if you yeah. could 
pick up on people's thought segments so better you're than quite someone that's just like, emp- more of an empath mark you probably i think we both are kind of empath empathy i think i'm an empath i think we're both empaths yeah, but I also i don't think either of us are particularly f- masculine no 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 <laughs> no the thing is i think that i'm less of an empath now because i have to be on medication because it was too much for me like i felt people's emotions too much that it affected me in a negative way and now I have to neutralize that by taking antidepressants so that I don't feel too much because it doesn't so it doesn't like get so bad that it becomes unbearable I agree with that as well though because although maybe not to that extent but obviously I have been on medication for mental health but the only medication I'm on now is I only have to take it occasionally if I'm feeling overwhelmed but that is what it does it like kind of shuts off what's going on with my brain yeah because I almost feel like I'm taking on so much negativity in the world that it, that's what's causing me to be all depressed and doing, because I get a horrible feeling of dread sometimes and I've, I've been getting that recently and then all this shit's happening all over the like with Israel and Palestine and fucking violence it's making me feel sick but I don't know if that's what it is or if I'm just feeling horrible negativity from my like, empathy for these people that makes sense like whether you believe that there are well, like, actual human energies level, yeah. in the world but there clearly are because energies I think that we are by science exist so why would energies that they can't not yeah. exist but yeah, it makes sense that if things are shitty in the world, that people who that basically everyone should feel shitty. But again, I think a lot of um, some people feel it more people than who others. have particularly masculine energies are like, I don't have time to care if somebody's baby's exploded. <laughs> I'm actually very busy. I run a baker's, so I've got seven staff that work under me, and also my girlfriend's always fucking all at me because that's what just women are like. I have to go to get a sandwich before I go to work. Whereas, yeah, those of us that are not awful overly masculine wank bags probably better at picking up an energy trend about us. Yeah. Even though it can be detrimental. Yeah, I just, I've always believed that everyone's all linked. Like a big giant spider's web and every creature in the world is linked. And it's you the could. Red. The red. Oh, the I remember red. the red, yeah. yeah. But you didn't you say the red was a bad thing and the green was a good thing? I know, I just said I give less of a fuck about the red oh, than okay. the green. Because. <laughs> <laughs> I seen a really cool um, poison ivy costume and I thought oh, I'd like to do that because I've got the hair now but there's no parties to go to there's not no we're too old now bollocks and we couldn't do a, a matching costume because I don't really want to dress as Harley Quinn poison ivy needs to get herself a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> does she not have any male friends eh uh, nah she thinks no, men are shit nah she does right. she? yeah okay there's a no there's one of the characters that uh actually that controls the red i can't remember what his name is he's he's not a he he's a they but he's born male okay. there's like a queer newer dc comics character that like hangs out with her quite a lot oh well but but i can't remember what his name wait, is moving on what else have you got with regards to tele t- pk pk uh, not much i started looking at uh, you looking whether tele- twin te- telepathy twins, exists twins. after a um, yeah well you do get like instances where there's stories of like twins who are separated from birth they grow up have the same hobbies, they wear the same type of clothes, they have the same style. They marry a woman or a man or whatever, their partner has the same name as each other's wife or husband um, and they name their kids the same and they have the same amount of kids. Now, riddle me this, is that some sort of telepathic connection there? 
before I say that, that's a good suggestion. We should go to the Riddler. The Riddler. <laughs> but also, I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I totally believe in twin telepathy. Yeah. Because there's just no like the stuff I was looking into on it, which I will obviously explain because otherwise this would be a boring podcast. <laughs> if I was like, and I looked at other things too. Good day. <laughs> Why don't you just Google it? That's what every podcast will be. Where today we're talking about, um, you know, like Egyptian myths. Google it. But once you've Googled it, you'll mm. notice that quite a lot of people, yeah, lots of people are like, mm. oh, it can easily be explained by just being coincidental. And I'm like, no, it can't. It can't. That can't. too much. I mean, that, also, like, that's just like saying anything. Like, just throw the word coincidental and that's it explained. Like, no. Yeah, but these are people who've been separated at birth and they they live at different continents. So how the fuck can they do, like, the exact same things? Like, the coincidence is the mystery. Like, that level of coincidence yeah. is what's weird. Just saying, well, it's a big bunch of coincidences. It's like, yeah, no, that's, that's what needs to And then there was the story of the twins, the, the black twins, that were in the psychiatric... I think they were in Broadmoor. And I think we spoke about them before, where they spoke to each other in their own language, and it was almost like they were they were silent for a long time, never spoke to other people. They would speak to each other in a different language, but they never spoke to anyone else. And they would sit in silence for ages, and it was almost as if they were like, you know, sending telepathic messages to each other. And then one of them killed the other because they said that the only way that they they could let could move on and live a normal life was one has to die, which is weird. There was like some of the stuff I was reading as well, which I thought is a very obvious point, but not one that occurred to me is when you're talking about identical twins mm. as well. The not they are. I know that's offensive. Identical twins, but like you are literally the same person. But they are clones. Like it is they a are, yeah. cloned egg or a yeah. cloned blastula. So you are, like you started off as the same person and then at some point your cells you cloned split. themselves and you turned into two people. But you started developing That's as the freaky. exact same person. Yeah, that is strange. So I guess when maybe one dies, the other one might, I don't know how they would cope. Do they cope? Uh, no, from they the don't? examples I've looked at. Oh. Hold on, let me look at them. Because I know Siamese, obviously Siamese twins are who are conjoined. If one dies, inevitably the other one's going to die. Because they're biologically connected. I didn't look at any... But like can you Siamese be psychically severed? Been, uh, separated, but like... So hold on, here's ones I looked uh-huh. at. Uh, in 2017, 97-year-old twins Martha Williams and Jean Halley, which confused me for a great amount of time. Were they married? Like, were they separated at birth? Yeah. yeah, no, they were just married. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, really confused me. I did extra research and I was like, it doesn't look like they were adopted. They had, they had like, the same parents. Like, what? what? <laughs> but I'm thick. Um, so uh, Martha and Jean were from Rhode Island and they ended up when their husbands had passed away. I then got to that bit in the story and was like, well done me. Um, they ended up moving in together. So Martha died outside their home after tripping and falling and freezing because of the time of year it was. Minutes later, Jean, who was gardening at the other side of the house and had no idea that, or could not have had any idea that Martha tripped and fell, tripped and fell, was also unable to get back up and also froze to death so that both their bodies were discovered frozen in two separate parts of the garden. The coroner concluded that both of them had accidentally tripped and they both accidentally tripped in places where they, there was no way that they could have seen that the other had accidentally tripped and they must have died within minutes of each other. That's a bit annoying because, like, if we were twins, identical twins, then in the back of my mind, I'd be like, I hope he doesn't die today because that means I'm going to die. <laughs> I just imagine me screaming down the road yeah. and like, oh, where's luck before you crash? <laughs> Don't make me randomly just get crushed. <laughs> no, because it, to the extent where, like, if one twin, say, breaks an arm, the other one feels it or knows they're injured. 
I've heard, I've, I've heard tales of that. I've got one of that. Oh, um, okay. Sorry, I also got a message there that I was going to read before telling you that. Uh, so, in, is this the right one? I don't know. Uh, I can't uh, read through your phone. <laughs> I wish I had those powers, but I don't. Yes, I think it's so in 2009, a British... No, it's not. Huh? But I will find it. La, 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 la. Uh, right. No, I can't find it. So I'm just going to read through the ones until we come to it, because okay. there's one in here that describes right, exactly well, what we're talking then. about. So in 2009, British teenager Gemma Hutton was in her home when she suddenly uh, said that she knew for a fact that her twin Leanne needed help. There you go. She... I'd say that's a good example. ...ran upstairs, even though she believed her to be at university, where she found her unconscious in the bath. She then gave her first aid and saved her life. Wow. I wonder if she felt like she was drowning or something. I don't... It wasn't like that one. She doesn't say that she... She doesn't say how she knew. She just said she knew. So, like, maybe she did feel she was drowning. There's one with a broken bone. <laughs> she's getting angry. I'm fucking slapping you. fire to the whole house. <laughs> Don't set fire to the crystal meth house. Oh, here right. it is. Oh, there was uh, a case of uh, uh-huh. a woman who was in her mid-twenties in New York. She'd gone to the to A&E with an unexplained ankle swelling. Uh, A&E studied her, couldn't work out why her ankle was swollen. There was definitely no breaks or anything in it. It turned out that her identical twin sister, who didn't live in New York, uh, had been out cycling with friends and had come off her bike and broken her oh, ankle. See that. And her twin's ankle immediately started to swell. Jesus Christ. Like, that's so weird. Yeah. So, what is that sympathetic? No, because how would you know? You wouldn't know. You don't know what's happening with your twin. So, like, that is bizarre. Because you know how, like, you get sympathetic pregnancies and stuff? I don't know. You know, guys saying, oh, no, I've got, I've got, uh, I can feel the kicks and I can feel the pain. And stuff like that. But I don't think you could have a sympathetic... Injury with you. Like, injury with somebody just because you're, like, in love with them. Um, really? But I think if... It makes sense to me if you're a twin, because, again, you originally started off as the same person. Like, you do kind of actually have the same cells. So it makes sense that if your ankle's, like, a fucking fucked, that the person who has the exact like your... same ankle cells as you's <laughs> ankle would also be like... That's like you're a walking voodoo doll then, isn't it? Because, say, you fell out with your twin, you fucking slap yourself. <laughs> I'm going to torture her, even though I have to torture myself to do it. Jam a chopstick yeah. through your shoulder and be like, fuck you. Fuck you, bitch. I might be bleeding out on the floor now, but you will also have a slightly sore shoulder. So. Yeah, that's not right. Okay. Yeah, twins are weird. There's other ones. So I just kind of looked on this uh, website that basically people who are twins share their weird stories. So there was this lady, Aya, that shared a story on it. So she has identical twin boys, she said. This is less less bizarre than the other ones, but I still thought it was a bit weird. She said she'd left one of her twins, who's named Gabriel, with her mother while she took her other son, Ethan, to an appointment. They were on their way to pick up Gabriel when her son said to Aya, tell Gabriel to put his clothes on right now, (laughs) in a very angry tone. She thought this was weird and laughed and then... She phoned her mum on the phone, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, to say that they wouldn't be too long. And her mum said to her that uh, that was good that she was on her way, but that uh, Gabriel was refusing to get dressed and was, in fact, completely naked. So she would have <laughs> to deal with that when she arrived, which isn't like a big injury one. But again, that's like, yeah. a, how did he know what his brother was doing when they're not together? Well, there was a theory that you know people who have close relationships can read each other's thoughts, like like you said, like if you're in love with someone or if you're like in a long term relationship, 
that you can start to know each other's thoughts. I suppose, like on a lesser, like that was just very dismissive of that. Like, yeah, on a lesser Maybe level, quite. I think that, like, if you're that, <laughs> just like, no, they're liars. I think, like. If you're that close, probably on occasion you would be so in sync with each other that maybe you would. Well, know that what's used going to happen to me and my friend together. Debbie, because for this is a weird thing, but I sensed that she was in danger um, when I was in Paris, and um, I don't know. It was it was strange. Like I had to to go and find her. And we've got we had this sort of weird connection like with each other and we could feel like drops of water hit our heads at the same time when it wasn't raining and things like that it was bizarre and we we asked a psychic about it and she's like it's just because you've just got a close relationship that you're starting to like the psychic psychic, yeah yeah Yeah. she's like no you're not twins and slouches <laughs> um, no but, to be fair yeah. actually I do believe you it's just that I think I'm in my mind twins are like constantly psychically connected well, yeah, or I mean, identical twins because again you like grew from the same thing well back to telekinesis and the science behind it so there was a guy called Robert M. Scotch who was a PhD he has a PhD in geology and geophysics from Yale an associate professor of natural science at the unit of Boston University. He wrote about his belief in the psychokinesis or PK. He has a book called The Parapsychology Revolution, a Concise Anthology, and it takes a deep dive on the subject with evidence pulled from Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab or Pear. Lovely. <laughs> For short. So Pear conducted studies on extrasensory perception and psychokinesis starting in 1979. The lab's founder, Robert G. Jan, told the New York Times in 2007, if people don't believe us after all the results we produce, then they never will. Okay. (laughs) The Harvard Crimson reported on the origin of the Pear Lab and some of its more famous studies. The lab came into being thanks to a curious Princeton undergraduate senior thesis in the late 70s using a random events generator, or Reg. She tested whether a subject could use PK um, to produce unambiguously non-random outcome. The Reg was basically a coin tossing machine. So that's the random events generator. So it tosses out coins randomly. And the undergrad's goal was to see if the subject operating the reg could mentally manipulate the machine into tossing more heads and tails or tails and heads. The findings of this experiment suggested a small difference between those reg trials that involved a human participant and those that did not. Small, but statistically significant. So what they're saying is it just like randomly generated like coins that were like heads, tails, heads, whatever, more heads and tails, and then used a human and then said, well, the results were that there could be a slight manipulation there, but I don't really think that that's enough evidence to prove that PK exists. I don't think it's enough evidence to prove that it exists, but it seems to tie into what you were talking about earlier, that like that thinking about it hard enough is having like at least a slight effect on it. A slight effect, yeah. So if you're observing something, you're affecting it, and if you're not, then it can do what it wants. I know that sounds like, you know, oh it's fine it's there but only if you don't look at it kind of thing <laughs> like my invisible friend oh she's definitely there but you, you can't look at her otherwise she she does she's shy she's shy vanish. yeah um what's the other one there was another one uh, oh, right. in 1984 oh no it was a balls thing 
right this was interesting so there was another one where Jan set up a device that dropped 9,000 billiard balls into a series of 19 cartons. I just thought how noisy that would be. 9,000 9, billiard balls. Billiard balls. Oh, so when no human being was present during the experiment, the balls consistently dropped <laughs> in a cascading effect, with the centre carton getting the most balls, while the cartons to its left and right got progressively fewer when a human participant was asked to try to physically alter the machine with their minds, the bulk of the ball shifted right of centre. What do you think of that? Is that, like, when you, right, so when you say a human, do yeah. you know if they mean, like, like, a specific No, a specific I, don't, I don't know if it's a specific, just like anyone. I mean, that's really interesting. I feel like in my head it would be more interesting if there were, like, one of the 12 participants, Julie, was yeah. able to. <laughs> right. But, like, if they're also finding that that kind of suggests that everybody Everyone has, has the some ability. vague amount of telekinesis. If they tried like, hard that's enough. That's cool. In 1988, prolific author and former doctor, Michael Crichton, or well, the guy who wrote Jurassic oh. Park and other such novels, claimed to have had a successful experience with PK at a spoon bending party. Yeah, everyone's been a, a spoon, spoon bending, bending party. party. <laughs> In his autobiography, Travels, the party began, a hundred people selecting spoons and saying, will you bend? <laughs> <laughs> is that how you bend the spoon? You just ask Is this actually a spoon bending party or is this some sort of orgy? Probably will you orgy. bend over? Uh, I don't, <laughs> tossing him back into the pile. If Maybe he just really misunderstood right. what yeah. was going on. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbing her spoon. Is that, what, <laughs> is that a euphemism? <laughs> Anne-Marie said, I don't think this is going to work. This is silly. I just don't see how it can work. I looked down at her hands. Her spoon was bending. Anne-Marie. Whoa. There have been plenty of credible individuals in the public sphere who claim to have witnessed PK firsthand. French biologist Remy Chauvin, author Michael Talbot and Dean Radden, senior scientist at the Institute of Noetic Sciences, to name a few. But how can the mind move stuff? There are two basic metrics research, researchers use to describe measuring the effects of supposed PK effects. Micro PK. <laughs> You've got a micro PK, Mark. <laughs> I've got a macro PK. Congratulations. <laughs> Big macro PK energy there. <laughs> micro PK requires scientific equipment to observe the manipulation of atoms, molecules and subatomic particles. Macro PK describes any large scale effect that can be seen with the naked eye. So again, it's getting down to quantum physics and, and all that shit. So Hakon Forwald, did you not mention him? Yes. Yeah, so there we go. He is. I think that's him. Oh, that's not what I imagined to look like. <laughs> a Swedish electrical engineer promoted the idea that a person could manipulate gravitational fields by mentally agitating atoms and neutrons inside an object. Gerald Feinberg, a Columbia University physicist, futurist and author, invented the idea of the tachyon, a theoretical particle that moves faster than the speed of light and could possibly explain PK. You're just slapping things with your tachyons. Yeah. <laughs> in 1991, Nobel Prize laureate Brian Josephson and co-author Fotini Palacaraviras proposed that both PK and telepathy might be explainable using quantum physics. Their scientific paper, 
biological utilization of quantum non-locality stated that earlier researchers were correct in the conscious and creative mind's potential to affect the t- statistical outcomes of quantum phenomena. God, that was a bit of a difficult sentence there to say. There was a lot of uh, good band names <laughs> in there, but I was quite confused as to what was going on. <laughs> then there's a long-standing notion that our minds are mostly underutilized wonder machines. Oh, because that's a myth, isn't it? The, uh, oh... So, oh. um, the, the the myth that we only use 10% of our brains, which is complete bullshit, apparently, yes. yeah. Uh, I didn't know it was bullshit until you made that Scarlett Johansson film. Yes, that was saying people were outraged. Yeah, people were outraged at that film. This would suggest that the untapped 90% is a realm of extrasensory powers and abilities, making it seem as if every human is simply a frustrated X-Man, Mark. I'm a very frustrated You're X-Man. You're very, very frustrated <laughs> X-Man. <laughs> Neurologist Barry Gordon of John Hopkins School of Medicine told Scientific American that this is simply irrefutably wrong. It turns out, though, we use virtually every part of our brain and that most of the brain is active almost all the time. So to sum it up, he said, let's put it this way. The brain represents 3% of the body's weight and uses 20% of the body's energy. The psychokinetic hall of fame or shame... (laughs) Oh, this is Madame de Esperance and Eusapia Palladino are hardly the only people to have claimed to be psychokinetic. Nina, there you go, Nina Kalagina, who joined the Red Army at age 14, as we mentioned before. She served in the tank division, which is cool enough, tank girl, during World War II. I mean, she does seem like she's in comics. She's a 14-year-old telekinetic tank Tank driver. That would be cool. Yeah, why are they not making a series out of that on Disney Plus? Strong, independent women with telekinetic powers. So there's a silent black and white film of her appearing to move objects on the table with her mind, which I'll show Mark later, but I'll post it on her Facebook page if you want to watch it, um, which was produced during the Cold War. Yeah, she appeared in the US Defence Intelligence Agency report in 1978. The Brit Matthew Manning was studied by researchers in England and the United States for his PK abilities in the 1970s and he claims today that he has healing powers. And then there's that cunt Yuri Geller. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's not talk about him. (laughs) So there's plenty of critics who don't think that PK is like anything really. Um, But they suck. Yeah. They're basically frauds and so where does it leave us well there is some scientific like there's more things here like we live in a world where smartphones and connected wearable devices watches glasses health and fitness monitors simultaneously receive and broadcast information to and about us through the cloud of the internet so that's kind of weird that's like a telekinetic like telepathic thing well it is like our devices speak to each other digitally through the airwaves through radio waves so why can't we do that for brains yeah if you were like i don't know what the word for the superpower is but like misha the little boy from misha Eros. oh yeah yeah yeah, me, like yeah mika can, i remember him like speak to machines with his brain oh so no I that's right that's, he could if I forgot you could about actually that. do that that would be a form of yeah well because there's people who can you know they have like like the look star Wars, skywalker hand you know, in Star Wars, he loses yes, his hand yeah. and then he gets like a robotic one. Well, there are actually cases nowadays where people can get, uh, what is it, pro, 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 <laughs> what are they called? Hands. Prosthetic hands. God, I'm so <laughs> really old. wanted to say probiotic hands. Probiotic hands. 
prosthetics, <laughs> prosthetics where they can actually move it using their brain waves. That is something I've heard of before when my brain and deleted it because it confused. They me. can hook people up with their using their and people with their you can use their brain waves to actually move like a cursor on a on a computer. So you can use your brain because so your brain is a set of electronic like neurons. There, it's just electronics firing against each other. Uh, so you could use that like... to connect wirelessly to a computer and move it about. So why bother typing on a keyboard when you can just use your brain to like, and your you thoughts that, to write it down It does make words. sense to say that if you were powerful enough, you could throw a table across the room because why can't you if you can move something on a computer with your mind? Yeah, exactly. Really. So technically what we thought was science fiction in the past, like Wi-Fi or flip phones and stuff like that, our reality now so who's to say that in the future you can't manipulate brain waves to or you could enhance your brain waves to like write a novel or something or like with your mind or throw a table or throw a table <laughs> fine <laughs> going to get violent mark i'm trying to be Some all sophisticated need a table thrown at them <laughs> or babies thrown in the fucking river <laughs> or their dogs in a tree <laughs> we live in a world where real telepathy has already been achieved a team at Duke University in North Carolina has, for the first time, demonstrated a direct communication interface between two brains. In the Duke experiments, two thirsty rats are placed into separate cages or first traps. <laughs> Not expecting to say two thirsty rats. <laughs> they put a picture of, like, I don't know, Antonio Banderas in their cage and they're really thirsty. <laughs> They cannot see or hear each other, but their brains are wired together via electro electrode implants in their motor cortices. Each rat will be rewarded with a sip of water if it pushes the correct one of two levers. In the first rat's cage, a light comes on above the correct lever to let the rat know which lever to push, but there is no such indicator in the second rat's cage. So... The experiment measures whether when the first rat pushes the correct lever, does it send a brain-initiated signal to the second rat, which must then correctly interpret the signal it experiences in its own brain and push the correct lever. So the technology they use um, apparently is simple. The, implant, ele the implanted electrodes capture the signals from the firing of the neurons, which is what I was saying, like mm -hmm. your brain fires loads of neurons and stuff, in the motor cortex, translate them into binary codes and sends the signal via a wire, wirelessly, or like the internet, to the other location, into the electrodes in the other brain, which then translates it. Right, this is amazing. So I could... Technically, if this was like you and I doing this, mm -hmm. I could project thoughts and we could speak to each other without talking. Do you, you know what I mean? Tell me where I could tell you where my address was. No, you asked me where my house, what my address was. Instead yeah, of me just... texting you, I could just send it out via my brain into your brain, and we wouldn't need phones, or well, we wouldn't we wouldn't even need phones because I could just ring you, and then you could hang up on me in your brain. If you that didn't want to talk to me. technology if it was very limited on who you well, could that's up true. Yeah, <laughs> Imagine that's you had idea. a stalker and he was just constantly ringing your brain. <laughs> You'd have to shut your brain down to get rid of him or shut his brain down. Trying to do something important at work and it's like, yeah. I want to lick you. I always wanted to lick you. Why will you not let me in? Why? <laughs> like, please, please come. Please I'm just lying on the floor writhing like, no, no. But everyone else would be too because we'd all have invasive other people's thoughts. Yeah, that's actually quite scary now that I think about it, but I it could be possible. A similar experiment, but with uh, people. Okay. So there was an experiment carried out 
uh, but I didn't write down where it was. Oh, for God's sake, but it's called the Twin Box Experiment. The Twin Box Experiment. So there was a university that carried out an experiment where basically the same thing. So they took identical twins and they put them in separate, like soundproof, uh-huh. lightproof, blah, yeah. blah, blah boxes. There was light in the box, they didn't blind them, but they couldn't see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Then they hooked up electrodes to their brains, which they attached to polygraphs. Now, obviously, as we know and have discussed before, mm, polygraphs don't really work for testing whether no. or not you're lying no. but that wasn't what they were testing they were just testing like whether or not they had any neural responses which would be read by the polygraph oh, okay okay um so they did one experiment on two twin brothers called richard and damien pibbles and during the experiment they dumped ice water into the top <laughs> of the box that richard was in soaking him with ice water bastards richard obviously had a reaction and his uh, polygraph had a similar reaction oh. however at exactly the same time although damien had no reaction his polygraph had exactly the same reaction as richard's okay that's weird in order to further test the experiment they then repeated it again with their uh, two twins elaine and evelyn dove they put them in identical boxes to before hooked up the neurotransmitters to polygraphs this time the box that elaine was in they'd said to the the ladies that they were in exactly the same sort of box but actually they took the entire inside of elaine's box up with fake explosives all along where the wires were running they started to go off and it seemed as though the box was going to burst into flames (laughs) very very humane experiment yeah elaine obviously freaked out which was Uh recorded on her polygraph and again evelyn didn't have any reaction because nothing was happening to her but her polygraph recorded a result of something yeah but again Mark, would, but this is twins again we're going back to twins yes. would that same experiment as a control work on like say you and i who aren't twins should we sign up for it but we can't because yeah, we already well, know what's going to happen in the experiment <laughs> should we get two people we know against their will to take Our, part in it that aren't yeah twins? that's true because again like what i was saying if you, we're we're two we're friends we know each other so we might have a psychic link yes. with each other, like empathically. Mm-hmm. So if you take two strangers off the street who don't fucking know each other, could you affect, do you have to have some sort of like relationship or could you have two strangers that would be affected? Either way, it's cool. Even if yeah. it just worked on rats, it's cool. But it's Yeah, well, apparently it did work on the rats. The 80% of the time, the rat would choose the right lever to get the, the one that didn't know what the light was to, to pick the lever it didn't have a clue until that rat 80% tied it's the... like a very high percentage that is quite high that's like quite, that's quite high evidence that it mm. works you need to work well, on 80% that 80% of the time because that's <laughs> what the evidence is yeah but always like the military are always wanting to exploit that kind of shit won't they I don't know in nefarious yeah, ways to manipulate their, op- their that, enemies' yeah, minds. Would, but if you were able to... Or read people's minds so that you can get, like, secrets from them. They would probably just want soldiers to work, like, perfectly in unison with one another, which seems oh, like yeah, it's that's immoral, true. But also up. you've already signed up to be part of the army, so if you agreed to be, like, a, then a shared fear. man soldier, then that's all right, as long as you agree yeah, to it. I suppose. You signed up for it. I looked at another experiment with twins as well, that there was another <laughs> uh, university in the States that got a bunch of male identical twins don't know why they had to be male but they specifically only looked at male identical twins and they had all of the male twins one would go to guitar lessons for three months and (laughs) the other would go to soccer training for three months i don't see where this is going and then at the end of the three months they would test all of them individually and they found that all of the sets of twins were had either become equally as good at the guitar or at least a lot better at the guitar than they were from I the don't get zero. it. What do you mean? So 
Because if one of them was playing soccer and one of them plays guitar, so how one do of them you... went to soccer training for three uh-huh. months straight, right? right? So basically, they had a start of the, the experiment, right? They were like, right. Did, could any of them play the guitar or play no. soccer before? Right, okay. Start so the experiment. They were, they were completely like, useless. Key the guitar to bash. Right. Most of them were shite, and some of them like had slight chinfulness, but had never played the guitar before. They were like gee soccer to bash. Some of them had like sort of natural sport and prowess. Mm-hmm. Some of them were absolutely shite, but none of them had played it before. Then they said half of the boys for intensive three month soccer training, half of the boys for intensive three month guitar lessons, and when they brought them all back together they were all, they basically all equally improved. So the boys that were only playing soccer were as, almost as good at playing guitar as their twin brothers. And the boys who were only playing, learning to play guitar were almost as good in soccer skills as their twin yeah, brothers. Yeah, but I don't really get that because like, what's the point of that? Like, they're just good at practicing? Like, how does that, what does that prove? But it's shown that they, Am because they're, dense? both brothers are developing in both skills at the same time at the same time right so it implies they have some sort of like shared psychic link where because one of their brothers is learning to play guitar even though let's call them bill and jim because bill's learning to play guitar even though jim isn't learning to play guitar he's still getting good at it because him and bill's brains are psychically linked oh and vice versa with the soccer are you saying Right, no, I get it. Okay, so you're saying that they both played guitar? No, I've, they I'm both gonna... played guitar well at the end of the experiment, even though only one, one of, of the twins in each set of brothers. Right, that's was what I'm trying to get to at. Because I'm like, why are they playing different? Why are they doing different things? And then things? same with the soccer experiment. Right, so, so then the other one, both, even though he didn't they both play football, were equally skilled at soccer by the end of the experiment, even though only one right. of the brothers went to any soccer. <laughs> that training. makes more sense. Because then I'm like, surely they just practice one or the other. <laughs> they just got good at I it I get what you, do you know what yeah, I mean like they both were doing it and then both were good so like yeah. Yeah, that's how practice works right so what you're saying is like the other one had never played guitar he was playing soccer they said here have a bash at the guitar even though you've never tried it and your brother has yes. he was actually quite good at it and at the start of the experiment if they were like oh Jim's quite tuneful by the end of the experiment they were like Jim absolutely fucking kicks arse on guitar now even though he's not had any guitar that's, lessons that's only his mental. twin brother has but then what if one of your brothers was this fucking like psycho serial killer would you go would the other twin do the same thing I mean does it go the other way like negatively that's a good question uh-huh you never get like i wonder if there's any twins any i don't twins. think well we don't know there could be serial killer That's twins true. out there we're but we just don't know that we know about twins. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is going down a wee twin rabbit hole here anyway i think we should wrap this up soon okay but first i have to check this because it's really important. Oh, okay i don't think there are any serial killer twins there was an incident of a couple of twins who ran out in the road and they had like the same sort of mental psychosis and that happened in England, some or was it Germany? It was. I was some main road anyway. Oh, they were Ger- ah, they were German tourists or something, and they've tried yes, to run I out remember. on the road. I think road. you told me this. Story yeah, before. I've told you this before. That's the only thing that I can think of of like twin cycle. Uh, Stephen and Robert Spischlatsky were identical <laughs> twins who ended up committing five murders between them. Awesome. Got sentenced for a variety of crimes. Uh, and he went to prison together. I mean, we don't need the rest of that information, but basically, yeah, yeah. There was also a serial killer called Larry Hall, who was a twin. And what did he do? He was born as a twin. He did. His brother wasn't a serial killer, but they believe that he was a serial killer because of a lack of oxygen. <gasps> no, that's the guy from Blackbird. That's the guy from Blackbird. It's it's an amazing show. Watch it. It's on Apple TV. Okay, I've never yeah. even heard of it. 
Yeah, so his brother was good looking. He got all the good looks and that, but because he was starved of oxygen and stuff, he became like a kind of ugly weirdo who sounds like Michael Jackson and killed girls. Like a nice life. No. We're but 50, there was a reason for that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two serial killers are twins. One of them, their brother was also a serial killer, and the other one, no. But, so. but, but it was for medical reasons. It's not, I don't think it's anything to do with them being twins. Although I'm guessing that Larry Hall and his brother were fraternal twins not identical twins whereas yeah, Stephen yeah. and Robert Szaplatsky were are, identical twins and, and they are both serial committed. killers yeah that's yeah. interesting I it want is. to know more about them okay what would you rather have telekinesis PK or uh, telepathic powers telekinesis because <laughs> you want to tables <laughs> don't ever like Mark get telekinesis powers <laughs> and apparently roll oranges I was quite into that bit as well <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I did love. See, when I watched the film Carrie, I'm just like, yes, Carrie, kill those people. Fuck. I don't know why it's a horror movie because I'm just like, as the horror to me is the bullies in that. I think they deserve all they get, and I think the most horrific part of that film is when you see the PE teacher laughing at her when yes. she was so nice to her before. And I think, yeah, fucking kill that bitch. I would, yeah. I've often fantasized about having Carrie powers, like when back when I was in school, when I was getting bullies, and I just wanted to kill all of them. Not that I was going to do a Columbine massacre type thing, but it would be cool to just but set someone on fire with your mind. Nobody would know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not my fault. I was standing up the corridor yeah, for her. She I was being rude. She just, just, just happened to fall <laughs> off. <laughs> this table just happened to fly over my head and it threw must her be mouth. some sort of weird paranormal activity because it definitely wasn't me you'd <laughs> send one of the coopers to investigate exactly. it oh yeah oh anyway well that was fun it was psychic telekinesis powers jesus has it um, so when you go to church you're worshipping someone you're worshipping Carrie basically <laughs> Carrie unless you go to the church of the teletubbies in which case you're worshipping Tinky Winky <laughs> I think they're abominations, to be fair. I would say to the church on the Teletubbies thing. I think they should all be burnt in a fire. Hit with stones. Hit with stones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smash their fucking telly, tellies and their tubbies in. Smash their tubbies in. Smash their tubbies in, yeah. Tubby toast and what was the vacuum cleaner? No, in no. fact, they aren't arseholes because they would just throw shit in their house and then the vacuum cleaner would have to go suck it up, didn't it? Didn't it? Poor, Lazy bastards. Poor Nunu. Nunu, is that what it's called? <laughs> They called the vacuum cleaner. Nunu Nunu. needs telekinetic powers to fuck them up. (laughs) Nunu needs to get through on some tables. You should throw all that crap out there they put on the floor back in their faces. Uh, On the note of Nunu, pick a number between 1 and 24. (laughs) Um, Let me see. I am going to go with number 5. Number 5 which we can't really read. 5, it's alive. I went over them in highlighters so they're wrongly numbered. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 is now there. Uh, Jack Parsons, the. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny. Jack Parsons, the weird space guy warlock man. What the fuck is that? Jack Parsons, the weird space guy warlock man. <laughs> <laughs> that's like um, that's like David S. Pump, um, pumpkins. You ever heard? Oh, it's it's um as Saturday Night Live sketch with um, Tom Hanks. Let me play it. I'll probably get copyrighted, but I don't care. Um, David, <laughs> David S. Pumpkins. I think we should end the podcast on that. It's it's just it's just a random like he's supposed to be a scary character, but he's just stupid. And the song's hilarious as well. Risk. Uh, do things jump out at you on this ride? Yeah, babe, it's the scariest ride of the right now. <laughs> Good evening. I'm your elevator operator, Mark 
Now please hold on as this ride goes bump in the night. Oh, don't make fun of me if I scream, okay? It's a hundred floors of frights, babe. I'll probably be screaming too. And now, hold on for dear death. Winifred Rogers got cold feet and hung herself in the honeymoon swim. <laughs> oh my gosh. She totally jumped. Ha, 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 ha. 
Wonderful. I can't wait to do an episode on him next week. Um, yeah, so we're going to be doing an episode on uh, David S. David Pumpkins. S. Pumpkins. <laughs> a special then, Halloween episode yeah, on David S. Pumpkins. exactly. Ooh. Well, I thought since it was a Halloween season, we should mention him. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.